0: Welcome to Two Travel Dads Podcast. Here we share our favorite destinations, travel tips, stories from our adventures, and bring on awesome guests to share insights into their travelsome lives. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and check out our detailed show notes at twotraveldads.com slash podcast dash episodes. Hey, welcome to another episode of Two Travel Dads Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Taylor. And today I don't have Chris with me, but I do have a special guest, which I love having special guests. It is my friend Colleen, who is I'll let her introduce herself, but she is a remarkable person on many different levels. And um did a little preview. We've got many podcast episodes coming. <laughs> <laughs> but today we are gonna speak with Colleen about photographer life and what it is that she does, how she does it, and what makes it something that is special and a source of joy for her. So, yeah. So why don't you introduce yourself and give us just maybe a quick little 45 seconds, 47 seconds of how you got into photography, not just as a fun thing, but as a means for life. Go Yeah.
1: So hi rob hi everybody thanks so much for having me rob this is going to be so fun um yeah my name is colleen and i never intended to be a photographer i uh was an i'm an ex software engineer and i took up photography as a hobby to my stressful job i worked for intel corporation um, for about 10 years but about about halfway through in 2001 um i got really stressed out and my mom handed me a brochure to a local community college for an intro to photography class and she said you need to get a life and (laughs) be careful what you ask for mom um and so uh, I went into this class without a camera or a clue um and I ended up selling my work, I ended up, it kind of just snowballed. And I ended up doing a lot of different types of photography. Uh, but now I am settled into being a freelance, a full-time freelance photographer, writer, publisher, instructor, speaker. Like it's kind of evolved beyond photography, but photography has been kind of at the core. Um, and I'm right now, I'm focused in nature photography, um, mostly focused on water management, uh, river lakes, water, anything involving water really is kind of where I'm focused. So that's, I think that was longer than 47 seconds, but that's about uh, <laughs> that's about the well, shortest intro I've ever done. <laughs> well, So, I
0: mean, I made a list of questions and things that I want to talk about, but I think actually let's kind of start there with what you just mentioned. Um, so, you know, Colleen has been able to put together some really beautiful books. And one of them, mm. which I have here, which I don't think I'll be using a video, but just in case. Oh, you can't even see it. Uh, it's really <laughs> That's okay. It, it is a really cool, I don't know if we'd call it a photo essay or um, a story of water in the Southwest. I, I, you can you can talk about it, but it's called The Current Flows, Water in the Arid West. And I think it is a fascinating and beautiful, I mean, call it a coffee table book if you want. Tell us about like what it was that got you Creating this specific piece.
1: Yeah. So um, thanks for that that feedback. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. The current flows actually started as an exhibition. Uh, photography exhibition I was p- doing a presentation at out of Yosemite uh, conference in obviously Yosemite and I had the fortunate opportunity to meet Jean Falk Adams and Jean Adams is Ansel Adams daughter-in-law uh, she is married to Michael who is Ansel's son Ansel is one of you know photography's most renowned photographers um, he's obviously passed away Um, but he was so influential in the photography community and obviously one of my biggest inspirations. So to me, Jean was like, oh my gosh. And it turns out that she was in water management issues as well. She was dealing more with oceans, um, in particular the the Gulf uh, oil spill and things like that. And so we really hit it off because I was really focused on Colorado River. I was falling in love with the Colorado River. And a lot of my work... (laughs) The Colorado. the Colorado yeah <laughs> as Katie Lee uh, Katie Lee calls it the Colorado so uh, yeah so we kind of hit it off and she had this whole exhibition with Ansel's Prince Ernie Brooks some other pretty renowned photographers involved in this bigger exhibition but she was looking for a little bit more of a local flair and it, we just I just happened to run into her at the right time the, the right place at the right time and she was like, you're going to be in this, in this show. And I was um, not photographing in black and white, and which was her show. I was color. And so instead of just saying like, no, you can't be involved in it. She was like, we're going to do a solo show. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, because why not? Um, and that's what I, I think that's part of why Gene and I get along is that we're both really focused on the possibilities and creating opportunities as opposed to just saying no, like it doesn't fit. Right. So she is very good like that. And so we ended up putting this exhibition together. It was held in Pueblo, Colorado, but it was held right at the end of the pandemic. And we recognized that not everybody was going to be willing to travel to see the exhibition. And so that's what that's what ended up becoming this we call it an exhibit catalog. You can call it, uh, you know, coffee table book, whatever you want to call it. But it, these are my exhibition photographs from that show. And I wanted to help kind of raise awareness beyond the exhibition, you know, that that time frame. Um, and so uh, that's how the Current Flows came to be.
0: I love it. <clears throat> and it's absolutely beautiful. And it's inspiring to somebody who is out in nature. I think it's pretty amazing to see that body of work uh, in physical form. It's really cool.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, But so then with that, you've done some other books and you've been a part of other books. Uh, Another one that i got here that you just recently gave me, and I am halfway (laughs) through just pondering and all that, is all about Arizona's wildflowers and photographing um, the beauty of Arizona that you don't expect. (laughs)
1: I know, right? Yeah. So tell tell us
0: about that. Where where did this book come from?
1: Well, so I mean, that's the thing. Like, so I didn't grow up in Arizona, and when I was growing up uh, in the Midwest, like I, I kind of was under the impression that Arizona was just kind of a bunch of sand, like because that's what a desert is, I guess, right? And so um, when I came out to Arizona it was quite fascinating that it is so full of life and there is so much going on between, you know, the desert, you know, the valley floor all the way through the mountains. And so um, over time, um, as, I, as I transitioned from my corporate job into photography, I ended up meeting a gentleman named Paul Gill, um, a great friend of mine, a phenomenal photographer. And we would get a lot of questions about like, okay, where should we shoot? Like, where do we go? And Paul was so great at, he he just knew arizona so well he was a native and he had been photographing for a very long time specifically wildflowers and so it was like okay well where do we where do we go to find the flowers like they're so fleeting um every year is different like every the timing is different and so like it's 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 kind of a treasure hunt kind of like and so we decided we just it's i guess a lot of things in my world start off like this like what if we put a book together (laughs) and like, what if we did this? And so, um, we kind of just kind of, we just started winging it and I had never put a book together before. Um, I had great direction from many folks in the Outdoor Writers Association of America, (OWAA), which we're a part of, you and I are part of, whoop, whoop um i had written a query uh when i went to my very first conference in 2010 i wrote a query with the hopes of selling this um this piece this this to some editor some publisher like i wasn't even sure what i was doing but i had the whole marketing analysis and the whole you know i had the whole thing and I was told that I should keep the idea to myself and that I should self-publish it. And they taught me how to do that. And then I ended up starting a publishing company and then like, you know, it just, you're, you do this, right? Like you get started on one thing and then it snowballs and it becomes something much bigger. And so that's what it, it ended up. We ended up self-publishing the book um, and it is our way of trying to help people enjoy, the beauty of Arizona and it's funny I thought it was like you know a five minute thing but it's actually Arizona blooms from kind of the middle of February all the way through maybe kind of mid-September we have you know a spring bloom we have a monsoon bloom which is separate and so there's so much going on and so we wanted to pack the book with all of that.
0: I love it and I love that (laughs) you are self-publishing so your Acadia book did you also self-publish that one?
1: I did. And a lot of it, that was just kind of a cut and paste structure from the Wildflower success. So, you know, people really liked that format and the approach. And so it's not just about location based and like what to like, what gear to bring, but it's also a little bit more of like creative inspiration and like, how do you approach a subject and what kinds of things are you thinking about when it comes to composition and things like that? And so um, it is they are both photography guidebooks, but in, in obviously different places because Acadia is in Maine and <laughs> like on the other side of the world for me. Um, but they all like pretty much the guidebooks, everything that I do is to really help others enjoy the outdoors safely and through the, and through their own lens, metaphorically and, and, and literally. And so I want to help people You know make the most of being outside and their life and yeah
0: well so then so thinking about joy and photography and all that stuff when you start to take a hobby something that you do that just that makes you happy and is your creative outlet and then you turn it into a business how do you continue to make that like the thing that is your driving joy factor because i know that sometimes i'll get really amped about writing And then I'll discover, oh my gosh, look at the snowball that I really have to work on. And I will create a a huge (laughs) chunk of stress in my world that also is a part of my business, but it's also the thing that brings me happiness. So how do you make- I
1: totally get that. (laughs) Because I mean,
0: you've got all your photography, you've got workshops that you do, you are also publishing. How do you keep it a source of joy?
1: (laughs) Well, so, and this is my, I think this is my biggest challenge is that it's all fun and that's not how photography started photography started as my escape from corporate america it has evolved into into my my joy and i think one of the biggest privileges of being a freelance is that i can wake up at any time I, i can change my course at any time i could do it when i wake up i can do it right now i could do it in 10 minutes i could do it two years from now and so if i find that I'm in a ball of stress, which does happen. Like you get so excited about it and then you're like all of a sudden, like you're like, wait a minute, where am I (laughs) Like, like? And then I, so kind of my guiding principle is if I'm having fun, if I'm learning, I'm gonna keep doing it. If I'm not having fun and I'm not learning, I'm probably gonna stop and do something else at least temporarily. I may come back to it or I may just discover that it's not really fulfilling for me. And I do that on, on kind of a yearly basis. I do it on a, a moment to moment basis, but on a, in a bigger picture, like from a business perspective so that I at least stay in some direction, I, I have priorities. And so, you know, those priorities change from year to year um, you know, right now I am very focused on publishing my, my next, my next book. And so all of my creative energy, all of my business, you know, stuff, activities are going into releasing this book, which takes me away from some of the photography time. Right. Yeah. Um, workshops are at my, you know, workshops are near and dear to me because I love teaching as much as I like making my own photographs. And so, um, for me, it just kind of becomes a little bit of a juggling act between those three major things um it's just for me the priorities help me really really hone in on what my favorite thing to do is um simply because there are there's just millions of things that i would love to do and i just can't get to them all (laughs) like there's so much fun there's so much fun
0: it's so good to hear somebody else talk about this because so you know (laughs) i've been managing my own business for a long time and people are like oh my gosh how how do you do that don't you get tired of it and it's like no because it is just each thing that i choose to take on whether it is another article or a project for an actual client or recording podcast episodes like each thing has its own like driving force that kind of feeds everything else and I love hearing that from somebody else too. Hmm.
1: Well, passion, passion is incredibly strong, right? And and they say, you know, there's all these quotes about like, you know, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life kind of thing. I work more, I work more now than I ever did at Intel. Yeah. But it's driven by passion. Like, and it's driven by purpose. And when you have that motivation, i it doesn't it doesn't feel stressful it's still work but it doesn't feel it it feels joyful right it feels exciting you know that you know all of the things that you do especially and you do do a lot you do a lot you know that you're making a difference you know that you're helping people you know that you have you you've you've you' found like the magic formula right of of joy in your life and that's that's the root of that is passion and purpose. And I, you know, I think, I think that's an honor and a privilege to be able to find that and to ever be able to deliver that through our career choice and actually make money at it and support families and support lifestyles. And so, um, I, with passion, I do believe that passion can get you a long way. <laughs> like Passion, passion there, can get you through a lot of stuff.
0: There's the quote <laughs> of the day. So, um, a funny funny little side quest here is, so the book that you've got coming out in a couple months, which we'll talk about in a different podcast episode. Yes. as, As I was going through and reading, I was making notes to myself about the different quotes and things that you had written out because you really- That's amazing. Well, you're this fantastic wordsmith in a different way than like Dickens or somebody you're calling
1: <laughs> which i i'm going to take as a compliment cuz yeah. i want to be me. Dickens is amazing, but i want to be me.
0: <laughs> but it, it's it's funny cuz like you really capture like the things that both bring you joy and kind of soften like moments of like heartache and stress in mm-hmm. the way that you write and i think it was also reflected in a lot of the photographs that i've seen from you like you can kind of see i think probably where your mind space was when you were creating And I love that about you. And I think it's a fantastic quality.
1: I love, well, I thank you. I love that you pick up on that. Like that is, that is incredible. Um, I do try to be emotional in my work. I do try to put, channel my energy into my work. And the fact that you're um, seeing that is, it just kind of warms warms my heart. Like you're going to have a moment here.
0: Oh, good. (laughs) Well, so with that though, um, you know, doing like this work and creating these landscape images and stuff, how do you feel like that? Um, let me reel it back. How do you, because I had made myself some like different questions and stuff, and then yeah. I was starting to walk down a different path, which is okay. Um, how do you feel like you are setting yourself up to create these images? You know, you are able to capture what it is that you're feeling or the story that you're wanting to tell, whether it's about water or as others are going to read about personal journeys in the desert, on the water, you know? How do you set yourself up to actually photograph these little vignettes of life in the landscape? Like, what, what's your process?
1: <laughs> yeah, so my process has evolved. It's very different than when I started. When I started photography, my goal was to go out and make a photograph of a pretty picture and I never really liked my photographs. There's nothing
0: wrong with doing that. There's nothing wrong with doing it.
1: There isn't. I was copying other people's compositions by going to cliche locations and iconic locations and that was never really bringing me joy. Um, They were beautiful pictures. They were sellable. I was making a good living off of it. It just wasn't, I wasn't feeling all that connected with the landscape and so there's there's this whole, I have a very long story about transformation and my artists in residencies and things. We can talk about that later. Um, but my process now is that I go into an adventure. I don't go on photo shoots. I don't go out with the intent of making a photograph. I go out with the intent whether to, to uh, experience awe, to experience wonder, to experience, you know to follow curiosities to discover something new about the world around me about myself about my craft like i am i'm out there to learn and that is a bit of a mindset shift and so when i go out i go out on a hike i might do a stand-up paddleboard maybe it's a river trip like whatever that adventure is whatever it looks like it doesn't have to be big or it can be it can be you know as grand as the grand canyon wrapped in the grand canyon through the grand canyon but it's you know even smaller things like just going you know on a walk around my house it's curiosity that drives me and what ends up happening is i in some form i create meaning and i create connection with whatever i'm seeing and that could be anything that could be like oh my gosh that pattern reminds me of my grandmother's apple pie or um it could be um i just i I start creating these narratives (laughs) like these little stories that i'm like super i'm like projecting my life onto trees and i'm like (laughs) like i'm having bubbles, right? Well, bubbles, I just lose all two marbles in my brain. I just like, if you see photographs of bubbles of mine, it's just you know that I have lost my mind because I love photographing bubbles. And so for me, I have to have a moment of connection, I have to have a moment of meaning, of story, of experience before I snap the shutter. And then I use things like Gestalt psychology and human perceptions to match the meaning that I've created in my own head to express that visually in visual language through photography. And so I'm using optical illusions. I'm using, you know, color associations and perceptions about depth and all of that. I'm incorporating that into my frame so that, you know, viewers like you have some sort of emotional response. And and like I said, like one of the be- like biggest compliments I think a photographer can get is that you feel emo- you can s- You can kind of maybe sense the emotional state that i'm in when you see my photographs like that is that's it like that's that's the prize that's the trophy like there's nothing better
0: (laughs) excellent good well so then well so with that then like when you do leave the house with a camera in tow which i always have a camera in tow uh do you ever go out with the intent of seeing what you can see and then not creating an image do you let that get you down do you feel like that's something where you're like "Hmm, today just wasn't the day like how does your mindset flux with doing something like that with heading out with intention and maybe not maybe not being spot on today
1: absolutely so again it's changed over time when i first started when I started with my career in photography, I was I would get very frustrated if I came home empty-handed, and a lot of that was just I was putting a lot of time pressure. Like I was working at Intel, so I didn't have a lot of time to make images, and so I must make the image right now. And so um, a lot of it was just trying to control external circumstances that I didn't really actually have control over. Like this is a like different weather.
0: podcast episode.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of- I had, I had issues, like, yeah, I was a little bit controlling, right? So, like, I wanted to control the weather. Like, why didn't the rainbow just magically appear on my schedule? Like, right? And so um, I would get very, very frustrated about when things didn't go my way. Um, the thing is, is that the universe doesn't care <laughs> what you think and what you visualize. And so, again, kind of in that transformation, when I flipped, um, I started realizing that it was it was okay like again it was it goes back to that growth mindset my my sole purpose for going out into the world is to learn and to have moments of awe and wonder and and experience the world in whatever form it happens and so now i go out with the expectation that i'm not going to make the photograph like i i have no i have no intention to making a photograph and so that means if I come home without making a photograph, like, it's cool. Like, I've I've had a great experience. That's called an autotelic personality or an autotelic approach. It's doing something just to enjoy the experience as opposed to, um, like, focusing on some end result. And so that's, that's, awesome. that's how I practice things today is I'm just there for the good times. <laughs> that's,
0: a, that's, a, that's a shift that I know I need to work on personally <laughs> because yeah. i've been in that create for create for business mm-hmm. mindset and mode for so long that like for example we're we're, getting, we're heading to peru next month and it's supposed to be a fun trip but i'm also researching it like it's going to be a work project and if something comes from it great but at the same time like i know i'm going to write about this i have to write about this so that's yeah, I, I need to shift, especially like in the next month, teach myself to um, release <laughs> that a little bit before we leave, because I want to enjoy and not feel compulsory creativity.
1: Right. That's <laughs> like, not how it works, right? You can't force it. right?
0: Yeah, yeah for sure. So we only have a couple minutes left. Um, yeah. One other thing I wanted to hit on, especially, you know, we're talking about your process and like actually walking out the door creating or not so when you are leading a workshop um is that something that you guys dig into and talk about do you talk about like the technical side of things or is it much more of the theory and philosophy behind just general photography what what's your what's the what's the aim with your workshops
1: yeah so mine are educationally focused they just happen to be in beautiful locations and so with photography you have to have a combination of technical and creative and so i you know i i ask my participants what they want to learn so that they have their goals and i tailor every workshop to their individual goals but ultimately you know kind of as an overarching principle I'm I'm teaching a visualization-driven photography. It's based on the Wallace model of creativity, which is preparation, incubation, el- inspiration, illumination, and verification. And so, how does the creative process work? And the technical aspect absolutely fits into that. So, without without knowing how to use your tools and you know how to how to actually photograph, it's hard to be like, oh, I see that, and this is how I put it in the frame. And so, there is kind of this translation and language that we have to go through. And so I teach I teach that. And most of all, I try to I try to encourage a safe sort supportive environment for learning, for asking questions and having a pretty darn good time. Like creativity happens when you're relaxed. And so, you know, in or- I obviously want people to have these amazing experiences in these locations, but I also want them to relax so that they're connecting with the stories that are out there and giving them the confidence that they're gonna be able to create something no matter what happens. And I think that's, you know, going back to your trip to Peru, is knowing that you have the ability, you are an amazing storyteller, you have the skills and you are going to respond to your environment in pretty remarkable ways. And just having that confidence that you will, I know you (laughs) that you have the ability to tell the story no matter what happens even if it doesn't go entirely according to plan and i mean let's be honest how many times do do things really go according to plan i mean
0: <laughs> yeah so
1: it's i'm trying Solid to teach com- <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm trying to teach in confident i'm trying to instill confidence i'm trying to help people become a better photographer become a better human being whatever that looks like um i'm just hopefully helping them progress, moving them downstream in their, their own journey and hopefully finding joy and finding success in in that journey.
0: I love that. Um, <laughs> gosh, I, I, I could talk about photography all day, but we must limit I our- know,
1: <laughs> <And> we do.
0: <laughs> um, is there any kind of final parting thought that you would want anybody who's listening is like, you know what, I'm not a photographer. I just snap pictures with my phone, which is absolutely fine. And I have great success with my phone. What's, like, a kind of parting photography thought that you think can apply to almost anyone?
1: Yeah, so, you know, I think, I think creativity doesn't always fit in the rectangular box that the camera manufacturers have given to us. Hmm. And so, I, I think creativity can be expressed in a variety of different ways, and, when, and the tool doesn't matter. So like whether you use a you know big girl or a big boy camera or you're using an iPhone or you're using, um, you know, I don't know, maybe you're playing the flute or maybe you're doing an interpretive dance. We are celebrating the moments that are important to us. The tool doesn't necessarily matter. Like we create images with our brains, we connect with the world, with our perceptions, you know, not just seeing, but all of our, you know, sensory, uh, capabilities: um, smell, touch, taste—all of those things—and so how that gets expressed out into the world is—is is it the tool doesn't, is irrelevant. So like the joke that we have in photography is like when you're cooking a great meal and you put the plate down and you offer the great meal, people say that was, that's a fantastic meal. They don't ask you what kind of pan you use to cook it in, right? And so that's the same thing with photography. So people who are using iPhones, I wanna encourage them if that's what you're excited about, like keep expressing the world, keep expressing those moments that are important to you. This is, this is a record of your life. This is the legacy that you are building here and now. And I like to believe that photograph sharing photographs, you know, brightens our world, makes it a better place. And so inspires people um, to, to see all the things that are out there. So that's that's kind of what I would offer.
0: That was well said. <laughs> and if I were to sum that up, I would say it doesn't matter the tool as long as you are sharing the story that you see. That's That was my summation.
1: That's it. That's the whole thing. Yep. Uh,
0: Well, thank you for joining me today. And I can't wait for us to share more because I've got a whole list of things that we have to talk about. Okay. So um, in the meantime, everybody, um, you can watch for Pauline's upcoming book, So Said the River, which we're going to talk about in another part. episode. And watch for her to just show up in your life in one way or another. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for coming into my life and being a part of that and being here today. And um, I can't wait to talk to you again.
1: I can't wait. Thanks so much, Rob. I so appreciate what you do. And I really enjoyed our conversation today. I look forward to chatting some more.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Colleen, I will talk to you soon.
1: Sounds good. See ya.
0: Two Travel Dads podcast is created by Rob and Chris Taylor in St. Augustine, Florida. We'd love to answer your questions here on the podcast, providing both our experience and stories to share our own insights into whatever you're wondering about. Visit twotraveldads.com slash podcast dash episodes to leave your questions and to check out past episodes and show notes. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and have an awesome day.